One of the birds listed on the original endangered species list in 1973 was the Everglade kite, found where native sawgrass was adapted for surviving hurricanes, periodic flooding, wildfires, and nutrient-poor soil. The kite fed almost exclusively on Florida's native apple snail, which eats a complex mixture of microscopic organisms and the mucky, decomposed matter called detritus. By reducing decaying matter, this snail helps keep the water well oxygenated and the sawgrass and other native vegetation healthy. But long before the Endangered Species Act was enacted, the Everglades and the wildlife depending on it were in trouble. In 1948, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers started building a complex system of levees, canals, and reservoirs to control flooding along the Kissimmee River and Lake Okeechobee and to channel water away from farmlands and growing population centers south of Lake Okeechobee. What had been a vast natural river of grass was cut in half and enclosed into two protected areas, Everglades National Park and Big Cypress National Preserve, but they were not protected from channeling so much water away. And agricultural and suburban runoff infuse nutrients fostering cattail growth at the expense of the sawgrass so essential to the Everglades ecosystem. Those nutrients also cause algal blooms on Lake Okeechobee, leading to periodic algal blooms on the coasts and in Florida Bay. To try to rectify this, in 2000, Congress approved a $10.5 billion project to send more fresh water into the Everglades. There are a few signs of success, but meanwhile, an insidious new problem threatens the Everglades, saltwater intrusion due to rising sea levels associated with climate change. Now, a plant that thrives in brackish and saltwater is taking root in what should be a vast freshwater wetland. Mangrove forests have been destroyed all along the coast in the name of development, so it's ironic that such a splendid plant marks impending doom for the Everglades. In 1988, my family spent a few days camping in the Everglades, and wherever we went, I searched for an Everglade kite. I never found one in the park, but did get one distant look on the Tamiami Trail. I've been to the Everglades quite a few times since 1988, but have never again seen a kite there or anywhere in South Florida, including on my birding tour last month. But every time Russ and I have visited our son in Orlando since 2005, we've seen at least one or two of these splendid birds, sometimes several, often at close range at Kissimmee Lakefront Park, a busy urban park along Lake Tohopekaliga, and the adjacent Brinson Park between the lake and a high-traffic highway. The kite in Florida today is not accurately called the Everglade kite. In the early 80s, scientists studying snail-eating kites throughout their range in Florida and Central and South America decided that they all belong to a single species, so the Everglade kite is now the snail kite. 
The one feature that made the Everglade kite different from other snail kites was its shorter bill, designed to pull the meat from Florida's native apple snail, which is smaller than the apple snails of South America. Tragically, in recent decades, invasive apple snails from various sources escaped captivity in Florida and are now found throughout much of the state. Everglade kites may have been specially adapted to eat the endemic snail, but they're functionally illiterate and never read that memo. In the early 2000s, when other species of apple snails suddenly appeared, the kites ate them, too. The kites with slightly longer-than-average bills had more luck than the others and produced more chicks. Like their parents, those chicks' bills averaged longer, too, giving us a real-time look at how evolution works. I'm old enough to have witnessed a lot of what we've lost in the Florida Everglades, but not nearly old enough to have seen it at its best. I'm heartbroken that snail kites will never find the Everglades the haven it once was for them, at least not in my lifetime. But I'm delighted that this splendid bird is making the best of a bad situation. A world without snail kites would be a dark world indeed. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.